0: Hey there, Liston Witherill, host of Modern Sales, and I come to you humble today. It's a very strange time. I was not expecting to make any special announcements on this podcast or in this episode. I had a whole plan for the next month, but it would be weird not to address what's going on. So I'm recording this on Thursday, March 19th. The COVID-19 pandemic has reached unprecedented levels already. And it's scary. And I'm scared. And I've talked to a lot of business owners who are uncertain. I've talked to salespeople who are wondering, what are they going to do? How are they going to operate in this new environment? And what I would tell you is, I don't know, other people are scared too. But what I will also tell you is people need leadership. People need help. People need your expertise. So if you have it, if you have something to contribute, I would urge you to do it in this very, very strange, surreal time. In 1994, I lived through the Northridge earthquake. I lived about a mile from there. There was billions of dollars of damage. It was frightening. I was only 13 years old. My TV at the time almost fell on my legs, which probably would have broken my leg. There were tremors for weeks after that. I was scared to sleep in the house. I actually slept in my dad's van for a long time after the earthquake. And for many reasons, this pandemic to me is much scarier. So I totally understand. And it would be weird if I didn't at least acknowledge what's going on. So I wanted to do that. No, this podcast will not be COVID-19 updates. I don't plan on talking about it on a regular basis. But I am going to be bringing you some content that's a little bit more salient right now that I hadn't planned on bringing you for a few months. One thing I'll be publishing about is remote selling. There's all kinds of topics involved and wrapped around remote selling. So things like how to use video, what sort of software and hardware technology should you have in place? How do you build trust in a remote setting? What's the difference between pacing and rhythm that you would do remotely versus in person? All of that is coming I am working on it, I promise. I do have an announcement that I will be adding interviews, weekly interviews to the podcast. That's going to start in the first full week of April. So every Tuesday, I will be publishing an episode that's a solo episode, the ones that you're used to listening to Modern Sales. And every Thursday, I'll be publishing an interview episode. I ran a survey and I asked some of you, what kind of interviews do you want me to bring you? And what I heard was business owners, more buyers insights episodes where real buyers talk about how they actually buy. You wanna hear from authors and sales leaders and you wanna hear from people outside of sales who have something to contribute about how people make decisions, which as you know, I'm quite obsessed with. So all of that is coming up. I am very, very excited for the first few interviews. There's some big names in sales that you probably already recognize. And those are scheduled so that is coming in the first week of April more on that coming up in today's episode I'm rebroadcasting episode 81 it's part of the sales training series part 4 of that series and it's value based selling done right and the key idea here is we want to sell the value the outcome that the client wants to get and not our particular product we're not competing on price we're not competing on features we're competing on delivering an outcome to our client. And that is absolutely the best way to sell services. So again, this is part of the sales training series. If you want to go back and listen to the whole series, there are episodes 78 through 86. There's a lot of content in there. It's based on my sales training that I deliver online remotely. And it's based on the book that I'm writing right now about the serve don't sell method. And for me, this is one of the most important episodes I've ever recorded, because if you want to drastically change the way you sell, one of the first things you need to do is really focus on the client, on the value that you deliver them, and I will help you do that in this episode. So now I will stop talking in this introduction and bring you episode 81, sales training part four, value-based selling done right. If I asked you how much you'd pay for a watch, what would you say? I'll take a second, think of your number. Now think about all of the different price points for watches. $1, $10, $100, $1,000, $10,000, 100,000, I'm sure there's more expensive watches than that. Maybe you even said it's useless to buy a watch because you have a phone. Now you can go through the same exact exercise with a phone, or a car, or a house, or just about anything you can buy. It really comes down to how much you value a particular thing, and how much money you have to spend. What you will pay is simply an expression of how much you prioritize and value that thing. And whatever you answer will be different from others, especially if you're willing to spend near the top of market prices. See, value is variable, and yours isn't equal to mine. And value is about far more than money, too. Let's go back to the watch example for a second. If the only thing that mattered was money and utility, who would buy a Rolex? It's expensive to fix, it attracts all kinds of attention, I would even say some of the wrong attention, and there's no difference between how it keeps time versus a $20 watch you can buy from Amazon. You can see I'm a utility kind of guy. So why in the world would someone buy a Rolex? Well, because you know it's expensive and it gives them social status and it supports their identity of having the finest things in life. Maybe it's been a childhood dream of theirs. Whatever it is, it's not because a Rolex keeps better time. People aren't buying the watch, they're buying the brand and what the brand means. In business, it's a little bit more complicated. And selling services to big companies is even more complicated because of all the different decision-makers and forms of value that we can deliver. In today's episode, we'll talk about how to set value with your clients next time you're selling your products and services. Welcome to Modern Sales, a podcast for entrepreneurs, business owners, and salespeople looking to have more and better conversations with your perfect clients you'll get a healthy scoop of psychology, behavioral economics, and sales studies to help you create win-win relationships. I'm your host, Liston Witherell, and I'm pleased to welcome you to Modern Sales. Hey, it's Liston here, and this is episode four in the SDS training series of podcasts where I'm reviewing the core topics and ideas you would get in my sales training, If you'd like to start from the top, you're just listening to Modern Sales for the first time, or maybe you're catching up on a backlog of episodes, I do recommend you go back to the episode titled, The Sales Process You Need to Win Big Clients, to hear the overview and start the series in order. You can also get all of my training decks by visiting my website, www.servedontsell.co, And there's a link right there on the homepage that gives you instant access without even having to sign up with your email address. And finally, if you'd like to receive sales insights sent to your inbox weekly, be sure to sign up for the Serve Don't Sell newsletter, which is, I promise, painfully obvious and easy to do on that same website, servedon'tsell.co. Now let's talk about value, shall we? It's one of the most misunderstood aspects of selling. And the main misconception of selling based on value is that value is all about what your clients value. Said another way, what you think is valuable doesn't matter all that much. And what you're selling ultimately boils down to the value or the outcomes that you can deliver. Oftentimes, this does include things like ROI, payback periods, and other calculations that go into creating a business case for your services. And of course it does. But value is something your client needs to perceive and appreciate for it to be influential and persuasive. That means we have to translate their huge, terribly painful problems into goals that would get them to the better future thereafter and finally determine what those goals are worth once they're achieved, aka the value. P-G-V, pain, goals, value. This is the clear thread, my friend, which will help you sell any type of service about a thousand times better. Now, again, if you haven't heard the last two episodes, I go through how to find the pain and how to set goals. So go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't already. Now we're in the part where we determine value with clients. And there are two types of value that our clients may obtain. The first is quantitative value things that can be observed and measured. We can put a number to them. There's also something called qualitative value, things that can be observed but not measured. So that includes things like interviews, anecdotes, and other forms of feedback that we can't quantify. The first thing we have to do when we're determining value, and this is going to happen in conversation with our clients, is we need to ask them, what would it be worth to you to fix this? very simple. Now, the rub, of course, is that many of our clients won't have a clear answer to that. And that's where you come in, my friend. This is part of your job in the sales process. So if they say, I'm not sure what it would be worth, what I want to figure out is how they will measure whether or not a goal comes to fruition. Because in order to measure something, we need two things. An object of measurement, the thing that we can measure, and we also need a methodology, the way we're going to measure it. Whether we actually measure or not, that's not the point. The point is, we need to have at least a conceptual framework for how our client would perceive the value that we're delivering to them. And of course, one of the reasons this is so important is because, as I said, what clients are actually buying is the value we can deliver. Now, if we way over deliver, we give them way more than they think they should be getting for the price we're charging. What we're doing there is something called setting an upward anchor. Meaning, let's say the value we deliver is $5 million and the cost of our project is $50,000. Doesn't that project suddenly sound very affordable and inexpensive? Now, you may be saying, well, what if I can't deliver that kind of value? What if, in fact, the value that my clients receive from my services is just a little bit more than I charge? And to that, I would say, one, good for you. You found a way to be profitable without being the most valuable thing on the market. And number two, I would say your days are numbered. It's critical for us to deliver value, which is a whole different conversation. So if you're not delivering it, maybe you and I should talk about your overall business strategy, right? Because there could be a problem in delivery. There could be a problem in the markets you're choosing or the clients you're serving. There could be all kinds of other related problems. But let's just say for the purpose of this conversation that you are delivering plenty of value. What we want to do is define that value in order to set an upward anchor and make our services look a thousand times more attractive. And one of the key ideas here is also something called consistency. So I've mentioned Influence by Robert Cialdini before on this podcast, and basically it is the definitive book on persuasion. There are five factors to persuasion. One of them is called consistency, which is simply to say, we human beings like to remain consistent with previous commitments we've made and previous things we've said. We also like other people to remain consistent in the same way. So when we're having a value conversation with our client and they're volunteering or at least agreeing with the value that we can provide them, they're going to want to remain consistent to that verbal commitment that they made. This is important and the goal of this is not to be tricky It's only for all of us to be on the same page. Remember, serve don't sell, right? What we're looking to do is provide better service to our clients, even in the sales process. And the way we can do that by helping them set value is to help our clients understand what it's actually worth for them to pursue a specific course of action. We can also help them uncover all of the different pieces of value maybe they hadn't thought about. Maybe it'll unlock even more opportunities for them. And maybe, my friend, dare I even say, they will find out and we will find out that the value just isn't there for them to move forward with a particular project or buying your service. And that is true service. In any case, what we want to do is serve. And when we can demonstrate that we can provide value and that that value is a multiple of what they're paying... We get to do those two things, setting an upward anchor, our value is way more than the price we charge, and our client is going to remain consistent with their commitment that they agree on the value that we can provide. Now, I know what you might be thinking at this point, because I've heard it about a thousand times, and that is that setting value can be really, really difficult. What you do is so esoteric. What's the value of a blank? One of my favorite examples of this question is, what is the value of culture? Because it is so difficult to pick apart what exactly we mean by culture, but it actually turns out to be quite possible. Of course, in order to talk about value and to set value, we would need to first start with the definition of culture. What the hell do we mean when we say culture? What is that? Well, for Everybody that I can tell, what we mean when we say culture is the beliefs and behaviors collectively that make up the company. Okay, so beliefs and behaviors. Now we're getting somewhere. What kinds of beliefs and what kinds of behaviors? Well, if someone came to me and said, we need to improve our culture, of course, I would ask them, what do you mean by culture? And alternatively, I would ask them, how would you know when your culture is improved? And they may have an answer and they may not. An alternative version of that is how do you know there's something wrong with your culture? And what a lot of people will look at is rates of turnover, how long employees stay with the company. They'll also look for how many days off employees take, especially sick days, how many mental health days if a company offers those. And if we started with the hypothesis that happier people tend to come to work more often, which has been proven empirically, then we know one of the things that we can measure to demonstrate that our goal of improving the culture has been realized is if we can reduce turnover and if we can reduce sick days. Now, if our client agrees to that, we can now set a value for reaching those goals How much does it cost you to hire someone new? How long does it take to onboard? What is the impact to your HR department if you're constantly in a hiring cycle? What's the cost of lost wages for people who call in sick or take mental health days? A harder thing to measure, but is just as valuable, would be productivity. Do people become more productive when they're happier and more engaged in their work? Probably yes, that would be a little bit more difficult to measure, but it could be something that's on the table. So as you can see, we started with this really esoteric, impossible to measure thing, improving culture, and we got down to something that was very, very, very clear and very doable. Now, even if we don't actually measure those things, remember, this is all advice for you to apply to the sales cycle. Whether or not those things are measured and whether or not those things can be measured is very much dependent upon your client's ability and wherewithal to do it. Maybe they don't have the data. Who knows? But the conceptual agreement is what's really critical here. So here's my offer to you, since you're already going to the trouble of listening to this. If you sell something that's hard to value, send me an email And I will show you a few different ways you can begin to value your service that'll help facilitate more productive value conversations with your clients. I do mean it. Email me at liston, L-I-S-T-O-N, at servedontsell.co. It's also linked here in the show notes. And I am looking for you to stump me about how I can come up with a way to value your service. Now, when you do set value, you shouldn't feel pressure to make it an exact number. At this point, this is happening in conversation, remember, value should really be a rough estimate. It's an approximation. It's designed to give us more information than we had before we went through the exercise. It's not designed to be good enough for the company to go out and get a loan from a bank, right? We don't need to put together a complicated spreadsheet for it. You should be able to do this in conversation. And value, of course, is different than return. So when we talk about return, what we're looking at is three components. Money made, money spent, and time. And what I would focus on in these value conversations is really, where will you make the biggest impact? So for me, because I'm offering sales training and sales consulting, I'm always, always, always talking about the possibility of money made. How many more opportunities might you close? How many more opportunities might you surface? What impact would it have to accelerate the sales cycle? All these kinds of questions is really where I'm focused. And what I'm looking to do is see approximately how valuable will this be to the client, which is to some degree a reflection of how much pain they're experiencing. And so value could be as simple as the benefit of fixing the main problem, right? Whatever money they avoid spending, whatever money they'll make as a result of it, the time saved, the staff saved, whatever it is that you're offering your client, you can look at that one main metric and really get a lot closer to value than you were before the conversation and actually approximate where you would be if you went through the trouble of making a detailed calculation. So here are the actions that I want you to take after you listen to this episode in order to do more value-based selling. Number one, do the math. Yes, you will have to do some math to set value with your clients, but it can be done in your head or with a simple calculator. Your phone will work. Number two, know your clients. One of the best things you can do is know the most common ways you bring value to your clients, depending on the problems you solve for them. Once you understand what those problems are, you'll be in a position to clearly predict the business results they'll be most interested in. But do remember, the only thing that matters is how they perceive value. It's not what you think you're delivering, it's about what they want. So, you can offer them the different pieces of value that you typically give your clients, but ultimately it's up to them whether or not they see those things as valuable. And number three, ask your clients how they'd measure the impact of their goals. So this really goes back to the goal setting exercise. The more specific you are in setting a goal, the more easily you'll determine the value you bring to your client. So for instance, if a client says they want to improve their sales performance, I'd ask how they'd know if that happened. Of course, they'd say something like we'd get more sales, but that doesn't communicate the value. So I'd ask a few of the following questions. What's your current volume of opportunities now? Let's say they say 50 a month. What percentage of those opportunities do you win? Let's say they say 20%, so that's 10 opportunities per month that they're winning. What's an average opportunity worth to you? Let's say they say $250,000. Okay, so I have three important data points here. And it all came from asking how they would measure the value of sales training. The first data point is they're servicing about 50 opportunities per month. The second is that they're winning 10 of those or about 20%. And the third data point is that an average opportunity is worth $250,000 to them. So here's what I know now. Closing one more deal per year would give them a $250,000 increase in revenue, and closing, say, just 10% more deals for an effective close rate of 22% rather than 20% would bring in an additional $3 million. There is my upward anchor, and if they agree with these numbers, I've leveraged consistency too. So the key takeaways from this episode are that value helps illustrate what it would be worth for your clients to achieve their goals, and they've probably not already figured it out yet, you have to help them. You'll draw a straight line from pain to goals and finally to value, that's the PGV, critical concept. And one way that you can get to value is to start by asking your client how they'll know if they've achieved their goals. You don't need to be exact in your value setting exercise, the purpose is for you and your client to get a better sense of what the project is worth and what they'll get if all goes well. Even when it seems difficult to set a value or calculate your impact, you can do it. And if you're not sure how, I accept the challenge. Email me at liston at It's linked in the show notes. And I'll personally show you how to do it. Next week, we're going to talk about how to present your sales story, proposal, and offer, That'll be coming up in episode number five in the Serve Don't Sell training series. If you haven't already subscribed, please do subscribe to this podcast by clicking the subscribe button. And if you are so inclined, there are two things you can do to help support this podcast. Number one, leave a review in iTunes. Number two, tell someone else about it in email, social media, or however you'd like to spread the word. And lastly, if you're looking for help training your team of client services professionals to sell more to big companies, I can help with remote and on site training options. All you have to do is head over to servedontsell.co, click the contact button, and you can fill out a quick form to begin the conversation. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Liston Witherell of Serve Don't Sell, and I hope you have a fantastic day.